Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Dead Puck Podcast. My name's Dylan, here with Ben and uh, Nick again. What's up guys? <laughs> hey. Yep, Nick's back again. Oh, jeez. Let's, uh, prior to hit and record, we were in the midst of some pretty uh, heated conversations. At least Ben was. Um, yeah, Ben's a little testy today. So I thought we'd just yeah. capture it. Ben, why did uh, Toronto sign Travis Dermott prior to the expansion draft? Forcing them now, I guess, to expose one of Justin Hall, Travis Dermott, TJ Brody in the expansion draft. They did it because they wanted to expose Justin Hall instead of keeping Dermott. And they want to keep Brody as well. So the four will be Jake Muzzin, Morgan Riley, TJ Brody, and I think Travis Dermott, and that's why I think they signed him. One, because he might have more upside than Justin Hall at this moment. Um, I mean, the contracts aren't very different in sizes. Like, Dermott's making one and a half, and then Hall's making two. So if if Seattle really wants to take a good defenseman, they can take either Dermott or Hall. It's really up to the Leafs to make that call who they want to actually protect. But I still think, like, yeah, Justin Hall kind of shoved down the minors under Babcock, and that's why we never really saw his potential for a long time. And then Dermott's also been there for a bit, so I just think he has a little bit more upside than Hall. Not at this moment, but over the la- like for the next little bit, if he wants to keep playing like that, then we'll I see. But... See, I don't think you expose Justin Hall because he's only like he's only making two million. Yeah. Yeah, and he, I would argue that he's your second best defenseman right now. At least but Dermot's making one and a half. At least last year, uh, Hall looked like your second best defenseman at times. Like I, I think, just, I think because he, I think because he looked better because Morgan Riley was being overshadowed by TJ Brody because he actually had a good D partner for once. His entire career as being a Maple Leaf. Are you talking about Gardner's like, not good? <laughs> Don't even get me started on Gardner. Um, but like, why wouldn't you wait till the expansion draft is over? So then, like you, like you say, the Leafs didn't sign Dermot until after the expansion draft. Then you don't even need to worry about which defenseman you're gonna save because then, if say Dermot was still a free agent, because obviously they can't take a free agent unless they like cut a deal with the team, they would save Muzzin, Riley, Brody, and Hall as their four. And then you just sign Dermot afterwards. Why wouldn't they just do that? Now they need to pick a defenseman that they're that that they're gonna let be available for Seattle if they pick a defenseman from Toronto. I I just think that that the Leafs would be just better by keeping Dermot. I don't know why I think that. I just mean like he might have been an RFA and he needed to be signed before the um before the contract was given out. Um. Again, Dermot's only 24. Um, Justin Hall's 29, so you got at least five years. But again, like Justin Hall's only played, I think now two full seasons, if you want to call this season a full season. Um, in the NHL, so what's like? Yeah, he's had one and a half good seasons. Dermot's been up and down. He's got injured a couple more times than Hall. Um, I just think Hall and Muzzin are too close as a, as a player. 
I think Hall opinion. is just like much better value. That was my point. You're oh, only okay. paying Justin Hall $2 million. You're paying Jake Muzzin like close to six. Yeah, for the next three years. Um, yeah, and Justin Hall signed for two more. Yeah, same with Dermot now. Um, but there again, they're both like one's a right D, one's a left D. So then wouldn't you left, want to try and cut a deal with Seattle for, for them to take Riley? I mean, yeah, that'd be actually probably pretty good, to be honest. I'd probably take that too. Yeah, you know you're just, you know you're taking the first, like the it's gonna be four and four. That's all I know for certain. It's just who you want to save. Do you want to save Durbin or do you want to save Hall? And that's the question that's going to be asked up until they submit their request. I think on the eighteenth. Uh, I think the seventeenth. Seventeenth. They send. Seventeenth. They send the list on the seventeenth, and then on the eighteenth, the league will release them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's going to be interesting up to that point to see what. Who they picked to uh, um, as their fourth D? I think I don't know. Well, or, that's just my opinion. Or could you see them taking like a four, like one of your younger forwards, like one of the guys that aren't going to be saved? Uh, yeah. Like you can take Engvall. I don't give. A- I'll give a shit. <laughs> take anybody. Or like or Seattle's like, smarter than that. Seattle's not gonna take Angval. No, they're gonna <laughs> take like Kerfoot, which that's why they're gonna expose Kerfoot, because I feel like they're gonna take Kerfoot. If they're not gonna take a defenseman, they're gonna take Kerfoot. Yeah. Or take a guy like Mikheyev who's younger, like what is he, like 26, 25, 26? Yeah, He's 26. the same age as Kerfoot though. Oh then yeah, take Kerfoot. Who yeah. cares? He's on contract for a longer longer term and and he's a centerman. Yeah, and I, I think Kerfoot's a better player. Yeah, I also do. So that's that's the thing, right? So that you you can expose, yeah, like we were saying, Justin Hall or um, Dermot. But who do you think they're going to pick? Are they going to pick Kerfoot or are they going to pick Dermot or Hall? Well, the, when you're well, laying out the other options. Here's the other thing, too. We don't know what their mindset is. Like, what kind of players do they want? And, like, we also don't know if... Like they're gonna focus on like younger defensemen, or if they're gonna want like older guys as well. Like if they want um, more veteran guys, so like they want like a like a Justin Hall who's been in the Leafs organization for how long has he been with you guys? Has he been with you for his whole career? Yeah, um, yeah. He he was drafted by the Leafs and um, he was drafted by the Blackhawks through the Marlies and stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. I haven't got to the page yet. Um, oh, fake Leafs fan. Who did we trade? Shut <laughs> up. Who did we trade him for? Since you signed him, he must have been just a. Yeah, he was just a. Free, he was a part of a couple of trades. Free agent. He was signed by the Leafs. He never even played a game for the uh, Blackhawks. That's <clears throat> not shocking. He played two. He played two AHL games for Rockford, and then. 66 games in the EHL, ECHL, and then signed with the Marlies. So, I mean, like, if I'm being he had 20 points last year, yeah, like, yeah, like, I think he's a better, like, I think he's a better defenseman than you're giving him credit for, especially on the two million dollar contract. Yeah. I think it's just the way, like, who he plays with, too, is, like, he plays with Muzzin, like, 90% of the time. 
<clears throat> excuse me. Um, and they're just two tall, slow, slower defensemen. And yeah, they're both. I'm just so like I don't know if they're gonna be equal. Like I don't know if Dermot's gonna live up to what he actually could be, or if you keep Justin Hall and he, you know, like in two years he just putters out and fucking that's it. But Dermot's been around for like what five years now. And, I mean, uh, he he's played three seasons. And like I think the Leafs' position, the Leafs are in a position right now to, like, I mean. They failed last year, but like the Leafs are still in that like contender window. And if I'm the Leafs, I'm like, I don't know if I'm worried about like what this defenseman could be in like five years. I want to know what my team is right now. Yeah. And to me, if Justin Hall can win me more games this coming season than Travis Dermott could in like five years, then I think I'm protecting Hall. But I don't know if it comes down to like, I don't know. I think the Leafs will get creative with whatever solution they come up with. Well, that's why I think they're going to pick Kerfoot. Like, it's because why? Why? Are they, why are they gonna? Like, they're not going to pick him to stay. But that's why I assume that the Kraken are going to pick a good second or third line. Yeah, center. there's going to be lots of good defensemen to take. Yeah, like Giordano's a UFA. Yeah, he might not get. Um, I've been seeing things so, that are then, like. Oh, there's growing suspicion that the Flames aren't going to protect Giordano. Well, there's no point. He's 30, what, 38? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, 38 years old, and he's a pretty... Is he still under contract for one more season? Mm, pretty sure. I think he's a UFA. He might be under contract for one more year. Let me just take a little look here. Um... He is. I think he's got one more year. Yeah. At like six point seven. Yeah. One more. And he also has starting this year. He has nineteen teams that he can be traded to. He has a no uh, no trade clause that kicks in still this year and mm. last year. So, I mean. And then also today, Ben Bishop waived his no move as well. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's really it's really just up to the Kraken who they want to pick when it comes to a D. Like probably like I don't know if Justin Hall would be in your top four. He might be like the second pair or third pair. But or you pick a second or third line center. I mean, me personally, or Travis Durant. I'd go with the center. Yeah. I mean, you're going to get they a, have a pretty that's good, why... Sorry, they could have a pretty good center depth if they're able to get, like, um, like if they're going to leave Duchesne exposed, I think if you're Seattle, maybe you, you take a chance on Duchesne, even if that contract is kind of trash. He's He can kind of be that elite player that you kind of need. And behind him, they could have, like, Yanni Gord out of Tampa. They could have Kerfoot. They could have Voracek. I don't know if Voracek is a center, but... Mm. I think he usually play wing with Drew, wouldn't he? Yeah, I guess so. Um, but I mean, you could also take uh, Skinner because oh. I think he waived his no move as well. I don't think they touched that with no. <laughs> well, I mean, what's the difference between him and Duchesne then? Duchesne, well, has I think Duchesne's more than... a better player. 
Duchesne had more than one season where he was good. Skinner had one good season, and then he got a fat contract. Yeah, but that's Buffalo. So? Like, Duchesne has five, four more years at $8 million. Yeah, and Skinner has like 10 more years at like ten $10 million. <laughs> Yeah, so why would you even... I wouldn't Nine. touch Skinner with a 10-foot pole if I were Seattle. He has five more years at nine. Exactly. So it's a longer contract and it's more money. It's it's one more year and one more extra million. It's still an extra year and an extra million dollars. But again, this is they're at the beginning, right? So if they really needed to and they didn't want to sign either of these people, they can end up buying them out if they really, really wanted to. Because you can like if they're like they're not performing, either Skinner or Duchesne, right? They can buy them out. They have the the money. They have the money at this point, right? They're just they're just starting. So, I mean, I probably wouldn't touch Skinner either, just because his numbers have gone completely down. But maybe a fresh start on a new team might revive. Same with Duchesne, might revive their career again. Like I think the fact that Duchesne plays center gives him more value. Yeah. And I know, like you said, it's only one extra year, but to me, that fifth year makes a difference. Like, especially if you're talking buyouts, like that's an extra two years yeah. of, of buyout money that you have to worry about. Yeah. And his, he has a no move clause. Uh, Skinner does kicks in in 20. Oh, wait, I messed that up. My bad. Uh, yeah. He has a no move clause the entire, the entirety of his contract. But like, I think Seattle, exposed, then... sorry, I think Seattle knows that they're going to have a pretty decent team. And I don't think they want to hamstring themselves with a Skinner contract right out of the gate. Well, then, would you still touch Duchesne or would you go after Voracek more? I'd probably go after Voracek. I'd go after I know, Voracek I know Duchesne, like you Duchesne, said, but I think I would still look at Duchesne just because he's a center. Yeah. Like didn't you say another center earlier? I can't remember the other center you said. There's Yanni Gord. Yanni Gord. And he's obviously a lot cheaper. Yeah, and, Yanni Gord. And established. And, and younger. Five. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, they have a lot of options um, when it comes to just players in general because people will have to leave certain players exposed to meet the requirements, right? So it's it's going to be fun. Yeah, the Leafs. I don't. I don't know what the hell's going on with the Leafs. We'll just see what happens. I saw something earlier today that said the Leafs are trying to move Kerfoot's contract, whether it's Seattle or or a trade with another team, so they can free up money to go after Landeskog because Colorado and Landeskog aren't close. Yes, on a deal. I did hear that too. Like apparently, uh, Colorado offered him like a five by yeah. five and a half or something. They offered him, I think, the same as the Nuge contract. Oh, yeah, like so eight years, five, like five and a quarter. And he said no. And then they offered him two more contracts that were um, like more money, but a shorter term. And he said no to those as well. Yeah. But Colorado, like, I mean, they've got to sign Makar. Um, Makar's going to want like 10 mil, probably. Mm-hmm. Grubauer's a free agent. And he said he wants to stay. And yeah. 
Yeah. And then next year they have to resign McKinnon, who McKinnon, like, he's on a sweetheart deal right now. So I don't expect him to take something like that next time, next year. So he's probably no, looking he's at gonna be 12 ten and plus. A half, 13. Yeah. Man, I can't even picture Landis Cog on the Leafs. That'd be fantastic. Oh, my God. <laughs> he, you know what the worst part is, too, is that he'd be like third line. That's just yeah. a waste. Center. Because, I mean, you could move him above Tavares and like Tavares. Because like, whoever said, I think it was this year at one point, like, oh, they want to move Tavares to the wing eventually because he's going to slow down more. I'm like, you do not pay $11 million to a winger. One. <laughs> If I'm the Leafs, unless he's I'm Connor, not... McDa- unless he's Connor McDavid, yeah, but McDavid's a center. If I'm the Leafs, I'm not giving that. Like, if Landis Cog on the open market is going to get like seven, I'm not giving Landis Cog that seven. I'm saving that and using it on like Dougie Hamilton or something. If I'm the Leafs, or I'm not touching Marner or um, uh, Landis Cog unless I can move Marner or somebody like that or Nylander. Yeah, to make room. Because Nylander's making 6.9. Because I think at the least sign, like, Landis Cog, his, like, two-way play, I think would be a perfect fit. But to me, I think it just continues to make the Leafs way too top-heavy. Yeah. When you're still relying on Jack Campbell as your number one goalie, or, like, I don't know, I still think they're kind of lacking a, a true number one defenseman. Yeah. I mean, if we want to talk about goaltending... Um. Yeah, the Leafs don't really have a true number one starter. Maybe we don't really know yet. Jack Campbell's only played, I guess, half the season. But I mean, you might as well just give him a chance to start, and then at least just sign some backup. Like, we, like right now, like because we have no like Freddie's a UFA, Riddick is a UFA. We have Hutchison signed. I think that's risky that's just because Jack Campbell, like you said, it's only been a half a season. So was that half a season just a fluky, he was in the zone, or was it or like was it legitimate? And I think to just yeah. leave it up to like, well, we'll give him a chance, I think is risky, especially when the Leafs are in the position they are to potentially win out their division again and ideally well, make it out of Yeah, the since, since they go back to the Atlantic division with Tampa, Boston, yeah, have fun winning that. Game. I feel like that one's going to be way more, yeah, way more tough than this past year. I, I mean, yeah, you can sign Freddie, I guess, but again, he's injury prone. Like we were talking before about Darcy Kemper, Kemper. And I think you move on. Yeah, from he, he'd be good. So do I. Just from like, like an optic standpoint, I think he kind of oh, got yeah left behind, and I think you just. Leave it at that and then move on from it. Yeah. But you got to at least give Jack a chance. And then if he doesn't um, succeed, he can always go back to being the like a backup. We just don't want to get stuck in that whole Jonathan Bernier, James Reimer situation <laughs> again where you have like dueling goaltenders where it's just like, oh, he plays good that night. I think that's the kind of then... the way it has to be now, though. Like, unless you have... Like a Vasilevsky. I don't think there's enough elite goalies in the NHL that you can just run one guy 65 games. I think you have to run a 1A, 1B tandem where they can kind of bounce off of each other. When one guy's hot, you run him for three, four games. 
then you run the next yeah. guy. I'm, I mean, it might just be up to the coaches, you know, plan then. Cause at that point, Randy Carlo was coaching and he was just throwing whoever wanted to play and played that good, I guess. And then they, they wouldn't do back to backs. They would just stick with the same guy and then they would end up losing the back to back. And I mean, Jonathan Bernier was always, he was pretty good. And they, I've seen recently that they kind of wanting to start that back up again, maybe as a backup for him. He wasn't bad on the leaves. He just they ran into that controversy between him and Reimer, and then they both ended up leaving. Yeah, just like kind of annoying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. But when I say like we we want to talk about goaltending, let's talk about the Oilers goaltending, where you oh, have Koskinen, God. or Th- who's your other backup? 40, I guess it would be Skinner uh, or forty-year-old Smith if you resign him. Yeah, if you resign him, so. Would you rather sign Smith, buy out Koskinen, and have Skinny as your backup? Like, because if if no Mike Smith is going to be reliable at forty, well, that's or 41 not, I don't think or that's, how old he is. I think the the idea that they have, from what I've read, is that there is interest in a Koskinen trade. the uh, The one that I read was um, sending him to Nashville for uh, Borowicki. Oh god! Or Borowiecki okay. or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Because then you can just dump him on the LTIR, and Koskinen only has yeah. one year left. And Nashville, I think, That's is four. whatever. Like, I think they're going through a rebuild now. So, and then. Well, yeah, I, I don't. Even, I wouldn't even know who their backup would be since Pecorino retired. Yeah, so I think they're hoping to resign Mike Smith to another like one year, say two mil, and then bring in a guy like Linus Allmark, or uh, maybe you can pull Merz Lincolns out of Columbus. I mean, the Leafs should pick up Merzlikens as well. I think that'd be... They've been eyeing him up. Same with Gorgiev or Georgiev from uh, the Rangers and same with Shosturkin before. But they're not going to get rid of Shosturkin ever. So. Um, that's a... The, the yeah. Rangers is another team that's going to have a problem with their goal done and they're going to lose one of their young guys. If if Seattle picks a goalie from their team, they're going to have to pick... They're probably going to go Shosturkin. But I don't know that there's a lot of goalies. There's the goalie market for them to pick is a lot easier, I guess, than trading for one, obviously. So it's going to be which one do you want to pick? Do you want to pick one veteran and one young guy, or do you want to pick two young guys? Do you want to pick two mid mid range ones? Honestly, I would go with a veteran and then a young guy. You let the young guy. Um, get mentored by the older guy and then have eventually the younger guy take over as a starter, like a, the full-time one goalie. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, I didn't think we were going to talk about the Leafs, but everything revolves around the Leafs anyway. So of course it does. I think that was a good start. Well, we only <laughs> talked about it because when we brought it up prior to recording, it got you a little heated, so... <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, you got pretty torqued. <laughs> I mean, well, I, I mean, we haven't talked about Vancouver yet, and we probably won't get to talk about Vancouver. But we'll talk about that's more about the Oilers. Perfect. And Keith that's trade, perfect. So. Fine. Perfectly fine. I don't. I don't want to talk about the Canucks right now. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that we'll talk about the Canucks is naming their AHL affiliate oh the Canucks anyway. God. <laughs> what? No, I'm not. I'm not getting into it. Let's talk about the Keith trade. Yeah, so okay, the Oilers uh, traded Caleb Jones, younger brother of Seth Jones, and a conditional third 
uh, to Chicago for Duncan Keith, Olympian, first ballot Hall of Famer, three-time <laughs> Cup winner. Oh God, jeez! Two-time Norris winner, Conn Smythe winner, injury prone. Duncan Keith, 110 years old in hockey years. Zero percent salary retained by Chicago. Going to be a great assistant coach this year. Yeah. He can take over your defensive coaching. Yeah. You say perpetually hurt, Ben, but he hasn't really missed a game in like... <laughs> like he he played... Oh, no, he's no he's no Seabrook. He played 54-55 last year. He played 61 of like 65 the year before, and then he played 82-82-80. So like he's old, but he's still... I mean, those are hard miles. <laughs> Three deep cup yeah. runs. Three deep cup runs. Carrying the team when, like, Seabrook was hurt. And Jalmerson. On D. And Jalmerson. And then he left. So, I mean, yeah, he's, he's still, Like, he's I'm not going to defend the trade and say, like, it was a great trade. I'm just trying to see, like... Like, this is a guy who... Yeah, he's 37. But never have the Oilers had a player of this caliber. I guess... Not so much caliber, pedigree on the roster. They've brought in veteran defensemen in the past, like Andrew Ference and uh, Mark Fain and these vet guys. But none of them have actually like ever won anything. And I don't know if the the whole like mentorship angle actually means anything. Um, but I think when you have defensemen like Evan Bouchard and Philip Broberg coming up, I think it has some sort of impact. And Ethan Bear. Yeah, and Ethan Bear. And I mean, yeah, he's 37. He's still playing 20 minutes a night last year in Chicago. So I think once you, you put him in a role that's maybe um, slightly reduced, hopefully that doesn't expose whatever age um, is there. Especially, I think, if he's paired up with somebody like Adam Larson. Who's just been like he he was he struggled for a couple of years. Um, but last year he looked really, really good as like a shutdown guy. Yeah. So like like I'm not opposed to, to the trade for for Duncan Keith. What shocks me is the fact that we not only gave up the prospect, but we also gave up the pick and there was no salary retained. Yes. Yeah, and that's that's what I think what what we're getting at, like me and Nick are getting at, is that you didn't retain any salary unless there was some sort of inside game that Ken Holland and his well, weird twisted ways are changing. Like, yeah, like Stan Bowman apparently said, like, there's no retention. Like he wasn't budging on the retention, and his original ask was for like somebody like Ethan Bear or Ryan McLeod, which is like, in my opinion, like you just hang up the phone and walk away. Mm-hmm. Um, so like it frustrates me because it's like, like I feel like Ken Holland and the Oilers had all the leverage in this situation. They did. Like Duncan Keith is the one who asked for the trade. He's the one who said, "I want to go to Edmonton." So Stan Bowman's coming to Edmonton, like, like, hey, we want to trade uh, Duncan Keith to you. And we want Ethan Bear, and it's like, no, if you want to trade him to me, like, I want him at fifty percent for like, here's a third or here's yeah, you know, it it could have been negotiated a little bit better. But again, yeah, and it it worries me too. When like I don't know if you saw any of the, um, there's like a Zoom press conference afterwards. He looks so with Ken he Holland. looks so 
distraught and so mad. Well, <laughs> to me, it just it reeks of like the Oilers classic old boys club where Ken Hall or Kevin Lowe, like it must have been like almost 10 years ago now where like the team was absolute dog shit. And they're like, I don't know if you remember this, but like, oh, I do. It was at a press conference, like end of the year press conference, and Kevin Lowe, Craig McTavish, the whole band of merry men is sitting there, and they're being asked, like, do you guys really think you're the right guys to, like, be leading this? Like, the team is, like, crap. And they're like, well, I know a little thing about winning. You know, I've won some cups. And, like, to me, I'm I'm starting to get the same impression from from Ken Holland, where it's like, Oh well, in Detroit we 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 picked up Chris Chelios and we did this and I'm like, well, Chris Chelios was like, like <laughs> he was forty, he was Chris like Chelios forty-seven was so... when he retired. So yeah, like Chris Chelios is a totally different. Yeah, and when when you say like with that press conference, like with Kevin Lowe, you won all your cups when Gretzky was playing. If we really want to be won all your cups behind Gretzky yeah, as like you didn't have to do it a freaking shutdown defense. Yeah, you're fine. You can't compare, like, that's like, oh, yeah, like, I'm playing now. We have McDavid. Why aren't we winning cups? It's because the game's changed to a whole nother level when you played. There's no such thing really as a stay-at-home defenseman anymore because you actually have to be mobile. You can't just sit at your own yeah. blue line and just wait for the guy to come down. It's not Well, especially when guys can, like, actually, like, lift the puck off the yeah. ice now. you know, <laughs> the puck doesn't weigh 50 pounds and your sticks don't weigh 100 yeah, and the goalies actually use butterfly nowadays. They go down to their knees, and they can get they can get back yeah. up in like rapid succession instead of like you know having to use like the net to lift them up. And well, that same press conference, like the Zoom call with Ken Holland, I heard a thing that he's like, "Oh, well, would you want me to get him for free?" Yeah, like no. That's but... what I mean. It's this like arrogance that I'm like it's starting like to that. really get worried by. Like I heard that, I was like, "Holy, he is not happy right now." Holy. I think the the funniest part to me of that whole press conference was him sitting sideways with a camera, and he was like looking like through the side of his eye. And he's just like, <laughs> "Yeah." So let me ask these answer these stupid questions, and then we'll just. The one thing, and this was mentioned on I first heard it on like it was like an Oilers Nation podcast, and I really like a part of me really really hopes Ken Holland had this like galaxy brain idea where, um. Basically, Duncan Keith signed one of those like funny contracts prior to the 2013 lockout where um, if they were to retire prior to um, the contract expiring, um, then whoever signed the contract, in this case Chicago, would be on the hook for like a crazy recapture penalty. Uh, like the same idea as like Shea Weber or um, Roberto Luongo, where like if Shea Weber was to retire now, then I think the the Predators would have to have like five million dollars on their cap for the next few years. Um, so anyways, the Galaxy Brain idea was that, well, if Duncan Keith was to retire at the end of this coming season, um, Chicago would be on the hook for, I think, five million dollars or five point five million dollars in cap penalty. The Oilers would get like a three point eight million dollar cap bonus i guess i don't really know what the correct term is but they'd basically get like 3.8 million dollars extra on top of their their salary cap so a part of me almost wonders if like that's the reason that the price was so high if like um 
if Stan Bowman and Ken Holland knew that that was going to be the case, that Duncan Keith was only going to play one more year. And so Stan Bowman, like, drove a really hard bargain because he knew he could potentially be on the hook for, like, five and a half million the following season. But the more I watch, like, those press conferences, I'm like, I don't even know if Ken Holland, like, knows that. Like, it worries me so much now. Um, what could potentially happen? Well, also with uh, you're talking about Adam Larson before, right? He's like, he's a UFA. So, uh, yeah, but I like he was making like four yeah. million before, right? Like, what do you? What's your? I think the idea that they have, or like what's been rumored, is that they're not going to protect him, obviously, because now they have to protect Keith. They're going to protect Nurse. Um, bear and bear um is that there might be some sort of like backhand like hey like we're not going to sign you until after the expansion draft just so that we can you know keep our protection list um but the rumors were like around the same contract he had before which was like i think like a four by four which to me is totally fair for at least how he played last year. Yeah. So do you think they're going to go um, seven, not seven and three, four and four? No, I think they go seven, three. So you're going to keep Darnell, Nurse, Duncan Keith, yep. Ethan Bear. Yeah. And you're going to keep McDavid, obviously, Leon, obviously, Nuge, obviously. Yep. Yep. Kuyi uh yep. Uh Yamamoto. Yep. And how oh, is that six? Yeah, and then the other one is kind of a toss up. I think the it, it could be like, like I think it'll be Cassian just because he signed that stupid <laughs> contract. Three point two for the like, next three years. And personally, I would protect Archibald with that seventh slot. Yeah, I would too. Yeah, like you could pick, you could pick them, um, like maybe five or six players in that little bubble that you can just pick them. But go ahead, Nick. For what? What are you gonna say there? Well, I was gonna say yeah. Like the only player that makes sense for the seventh player is Archibald. I mean, he's decent. He's still young. He's twenty. I mean, he's in his quote unquote prime. Yeah, he's, 20, 20, he's 28. He's, I think. he's at one and a half million. That's a pretty good contract. You're. He's a good fourth line guy. He's small, but he like. Oh he yeah, like good. I remember watching all the games that Edmonton and Vancouver played, and I I noticed him a lot, like a lot more than their like like their third line and fourth line guys, like the other guys. And yeah, he definitely plays bigger than his size and his contract as well. Um. But yeah, like obviously for forwards, y'all are keeping McDavid, Drysaddle, Hopkins, Poyarvi, um, and then like yeah, probably like a Cassian, just because of the contract and because like you still need the nitty gritty guy up up at forward. Um, but yeah, then he was mostly hurt this entire season. Yeah, that's though. true. Like I wouldn't protect him, and I would just hope that Seattle takes him. But I, like, I can't see that being. I can't see that. <laughs> That's being how I feel about Holtby and Vancouver. They're obviously gonna protect 
Demko because, like, obviously he's 25 and they just signed him to a five by five, and he's a great goaltender. But I really hope that um, Seattle takes Holpe instead of like our younger forwards because they're not taking any of our defensemen. Our defensemen suck. Um, yeah, but yeah, Josh Archibald is the is that's who I would protect of besides like the obvious top six forward guys. I would definitely protect Archibald. Oh yeah, yeah. What scares me too is in that press conference. Um, sorry, going back to the Zoom. No, yeah, the, the Ken Holland Zoom. The side view um, snarky. He was asked. <laughs> <laughs> he was asked about. Um, he was asked about signing a forward because they need a, a top six yeah. forward. And he said, "Well, you you know, sometimes you gotta overpay for for a winger in the free agency." <laughs> what? And then seeing rumors that um, seeing rumors that Hyman <laughs> is wanting like five to six mil, and he's wanting like a six to seven, potentially like an eight if they can do a sign like a sign and trade contract. Oh God. Like that scares the crap out of me. Cause like, <laughs> like within, like to me that's, to me that's Lucic or Clarkson like 2.0. Like it's in, it's going to be in the same category as like, the Andrew Ladd contract and the like Kylock Poso contract, where within year two or year three, it's just an absolute boat anchor. Yeah, like, I think he, I think he took a step back after he made, he did the Nuge deal. And like with the whole, that's what like that, yeah like kind of where I'm like so conflicted yeah because the Nuge contract I think like I was expecting Nuge to come in at like six and a half maybe yeah. seven and I would have been like yeah that's cool like that's acceptable and like eight years is a little lengthy I think six would have been more preferred but like still for him to take like almost a million dollar pay cut like that's pretty. Like to me, that's like, oh wow, like nice work, Ken Hall. Yeah, and then he just but then does the ducking key this, one. It's like you just like squandered all that like trust. That <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome to cheering for a team that doesn't actually do really good business. Yeah, we all know. A thing and then you just you're just on the sideline, you're just on the sideline watching it, and you can't do anything about it. But you've you've also been through that majority of the time with the Taylor Hall deal and the yeah, trade. And, Getting rid of Eberly because he just needed to leave, oh. and now he's the Eberly one to me is worse than yeah. the Hall one because at least like <laughs> Hall ne- he won the the heart, but then he never won anything with New Jersey, and then he was traded, he was moved on, so it's like you know it spiraled. Yeah. Whereas Adam Larson has been, aside from a brief period where he was pretty shaky, and I think some people will chalk it up to. Actually, like his dad passing away, kind of unexpectedly. Oh, hundred. He's kind of yeah. been like steady Eddie since he got here. Like, yeah, I, I think to me, like Adam Larson seems to me like a like a muzzin, like just that guy that's always there. He plays a lot. Um, like Adam Larson moves the puck well. Like I think it's the same. It's the same as as muzzin, where it's like Adam Larson does a really good job of kind of forcing the guy outside. Rubbing him out along the wall, picking up the puck, getting it out, and then banging it out. Yep. Give the outlet pass, whatever. Yeah, I mean, you could be like he could be actually Jake Muzzin, where you know he ends up scoring two goals in a playoff game. But, uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> that also surprised me. So I mean, it could be Adam Larson there too. I think he had two goals 
Or he had two goals in the first two games yeah. of the regular season this year. I think I think what he really needs to be is like get that Jan Ruda into him, like where he just fires pucks oh, out of yeah. nowhere and they just see like they're seeing eye shots and they're <laughs> and always they're just, doing that. And they're just beautiful top shelf goals from the yeah. blue line right in the corner, like ridiculous. Like it's on like the pucks on the blue line, and he just rifles it, and it's like Carey Price can see it or whomever whoever the goalie is, and it's just it's in the net. <laughs> Seeing eye shots. But yeah, I. What else? I was going to ask you another thing about Edmonton, but it might have just been the Nuge contract, oh, like goaltending. Oh, yeah, we kind of already talked about the, the Koskin and stuff. But I mean, yeah, you like if they go into next season with Mike Smith and Miku Koskin again, like that's a complete disappointment. Yeah, like that. That's a complete failure. Because like I feel like there's going to be a lot of free agent goaltenders, or close to free agent goaltenders, at least. You know, a couple. I, even if they're not free agents, I think you, can you got, like Ben Bishop, Darcy Kemper, um, Antti Ranta, Jake Allen, Elvis Merz-Lincolns. Like, there's names out there that you could trade for. Yeah. Even if you're not able to sign, like, Linus Allmark or um, somebody like that. Yeah, I feel like Linus Allmark is actually going to ask for a little bit of money Dude. since he kind of kept Buffalo. He was actually pretty good. As an NHL team last yeah. year. They almost lost their credentials of being an NHL team, except for Linus Allmark. And uh, that Hofer goalie, the other goalie. Oh, yeah. The one that came up and won like three games or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I think I think Edmonton will find its way, maybe. We'll see. Like Stuart Skinner, you mentioned Stuart Skinner, yeah. who he played one game this yeah, year. Yeah, it was like he won and it was like a 7-6 game, wasn't it? He got like shellacked, but he went back down to the AHL after that and he ended up winning or he was at least tied for it. It was like the AHL goalie of the year. Hmm. So he might, he might just be a career AHL goalie. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Like, I don't know if it actually translates to anything, but like, who knows? Maybe like that one game kind of sparked some kind of confidence. Maybe. Maybe you can turn into like a UC Soros or something where this guy is just a whole nother level took Nashville to the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll see in the next few days what transpires. And I think, Oh man, this, this next week is going to be absolute chaos. They literally on Sportsnet called it GM week because it's, it's just going to be all this, all the general managers are just going to be so swamped with all this crap signing players, this, that, and the other thing. It's going to be fantastic. It's my like favorite. Like, like I love talking about this stuff more than like just the games. Oh yeah, games and like talking stats. Yeah, stats. Like all I, the I do like the stats. and the trades and signings. That's my like favorite. Perfect. Stuff. Or insider. Um. Oh, yeah. Like, I think Ken Holland will figure it out. But um, I was wondering if you guys wanted to talk about the. Parisi or Parise Suter uh, bio. God, here we go. What is Minnesota oh. thinking? What are they <laughs> thinking? They are they're unbelievable. They're so dumb. First of all, they're dealing with Caprizov probably not wanting to play because they want a bridge deal that's like eight or nine million dollars. And then after the bridge deal, three year like eight or nine million dollars, they want him to make like ten or eleven million dollars. Like this kid's played one season. 
Greedy, greedy, greedy. Freaking hell. Like, jeez. <laughs> you can go back in time and see the Russians it's asking for ridiculous. money. It's just like, just give them the money. If you don't give them the money, they won't stay. Like, and they, I think he even has if like a do, history probably. of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Cause I think they talked about it. It was talked about on another podcast that I heard. And they said, like, um, he was supposed to be like a first round guy in that draft, the 2015 draft. Mm-hmm. And then he was asked, like, Oh, are you gonna like come over and play like in the NHL right away? And he's like, I don't know. I'll I'll see. Like I'll come over when when I want. And that's kind of partly why he fell so far because teams were like, Well, frig! If he's never gonna come over, like why are we gonna waste a pick on this guy? And then he comes over, and he, he like he kicks ass, and now he's like being like Mitch Marner. Yeah. Oh, I want more money. To yeah. me, it kind of. I don't know. It kind of rubs me the wrong way. Are you sure is it his uh, agent isn't Darren Ferris? Jesus, he might be the oh Russian Darren Ferris. Oh goodness, Darren Ferrisov. Yeah. Oh, that's. that's... I mean, if you look but... back, I'm just gonna say, like, I'm just gonna bring out a name like Kovalchuk. He stayed, and then he left, and then he stayed, and then he left again, and then he stayed for a little bit longer, and he left again because he just that it's that feeling of going back to Russia for some reason. And winning the Gagarian Cup, whatever the hell the KHL stuff is, and winning that is more important than winning a Stanley Cup to them. And I think it's like in their, like, Ovi wants, he won his cup. I'm surprised that he hasn't left yet. He just kind of likes the, I think he just likes to be in the NHL because he's been here for so long. Probably. <clears throat> yeah, like, so Minnesota's got that going on. They're trying to sign Caprice off. And then they're just like, yeah, we're going to make like the shortest of short term like good things for our team like ever like they they bought both of them out they signed both of them at the exact same time they signed them to the exact same deals and then they bought them out at the exact same time like that's ridiculous like, yeah they, the amount of money that they're gonna have in dead cab from um 2022 to 2025 is ridiculous like, like yeah they're going to save $10.3 million in cap this season, and they're probably going to use all of that to sign Kaprizov to a bridge deal. Like, ooh, it's this <laughs> superstar kid. He's probably going to turn to Jeff Skinner 2.0. Like, both Zach, um, like both Zach Parise and Ryan Suter were drafted in 2003 in the first yeah. round. <laughs> Six picks fun. apart. Yeah, it was fun. And, and they signed the, they signed the exact same contract for the team, <laughs> and then they get bought out at the same time. Like, the funniest thing, I was, I was telling Ben this before, the suitor was consoling Parise on being bought out, and then, like, literally, he got a call from the Minnesota GM, he's like, oh, you're being bought out, too, and then, apparently, they had, like, a really bad conversation, like, suitor probably reamed him out, and then he hung up the phone on him, I thought that was hilarious, I'm like, yeah, I would have done the exact same thing, that was so funny. Yeah, so... We'll just break down their their buyout history. So it's only costing Minnesota $833,000 per player. So both of them are over like, that's how much it's actually money. costing them in real money. Thank you. Yeah. But the cap hit for each player is for the 21-22 season is 2.371 million. 2022-23, it's 6.371 million. For twenty three, twenty four, and twenty four, twenty five, it's seven point three million 
And then for the last four years till 20, 28, 29, it's 833,000 on the cap. What the hell are you thinking? <laughs> You're, you have a dead cap of yeah. 12.74 million dollars in total for 2022, 23. And then from 2023 till the 2025 season. So for the two seasons, it's $14.73 million. What are you thinking? <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. I we're going to sign Caprizov this season because we're going to have $10.33 million in savings off of these two buyouts. That's ridiculous. I think what they're thinking is, oh, the cap's going to go up, even though they've that been told many yeah. times that the cap is not going up. So I don't know if you listened to the latest Steve Dangle podcast. Oh, but I listened to it today. Mm. And they came up with like another like Bill Guerin galaxy brain this time. And it was... Oh, God. They... Like the the idea is that in two to three years, when those crazy cap hits start, is when the cap, the salary cap will go up. It won't be the flat cap anymore. Mm-hmm. And when it goes up, I think they expect it to go up somewhat significantly, I guess. I guess that's the only way that you could kind of justify this. But they said perhaps the Wild, by shedding all this money for this year, they make a run at Jack Eichel. They bring in Eichel for like two years and then they ship him off again. So they bring him in for a couple of years to try and make a run with like this coming season or the season following. And then right before those crazy uh, yeah, cap in, penalties in, begin. Uh, they, 2023 they and 2024. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you, you're going to have a good time trying to get Jack Eichel just to be there for you signing to whatever money. And then we well, got to trade for him. Exactly. You got to trade all your assets that you say you're going to go on a run for. Like, who are you going to trade for Jack Eichel in Minnesota? Like, they don't really Greenway? have. You're going to trade Greenway? You're going to trade. trade um, they're going to trade, like, Dumba. Well, he's, yeah. They, they've been trying to get rid of Dumba for. But he has a no trade clause, so. Yeah. Yeah, like, Jordan Greenway. You just signed yeah. freaking Erickson Eck to, what, eight? Years that they're almost the same as the Nuge contract. Eight years, five point two five. Yeah, we got Victor Rask, um, Ryan Hartman, Nick Bedino, but he's UFA. Marcus Johansson, UFA. Kevin Fiala is an RFA. Oh, they gotta sign Kevin Fiala. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Kevin Fiala had a really good season oh, this past shit. year. Oh my goodness, dude! What are they thinking? <laughs> they resigned Fiala and Kaprizov. Like they're they're not getting anything done with those guys. That's that's gonna be hard for I them. I mean Fiala had played fifty games this year, he had twenty goals, twenty assists for forty points. Well, and then they're gonna have to pick a like obviously for the Seattle draft, they're gonna have to pick a goalie. Like they're gonna have to pick between Talbot, who played really well last year, or Kapanen, who or not Kapanen. Kakinen. Kak Kakinen. Who's like a twenty? Was he twenty four? Yeah, twenty four young. He's goal. on. Uh, and they got his waivers exempt here, by the way. Oh, is he exempt? He's waivers exempt, not exempt from the draft. I don't think. Exactly. So they're going to pick a goalie. So they're going to lose either Talbot or Kakinen if the if the if Seattle picks one of their goalies. <laughs> and Kak- Kakinen is uh, arbitration eligible next yep. year. I think. Oh boy. I think he's That's still signed fun. this coming. Yes, he he's signed this year, seven twenty-five. Yeah. 
<laughs> they're keeping them fun. They remember at the beginning we said Minnesota is going to be a, they're a fun team. They're keeping us interested. Like all I'm gonna, that's all I'm going to say. They're they're keeping them million dollars in this dead cap. Like I don't even know. That's what I'm saying. Like, how do you they're, even like it's for ice two a team? Seasons. It's for two seasons. It, it maybe for one season. It's like, oh yeah, okay, we can deal with that for one season. But for two seasons, and then the year before, it's twelve point seven. Like that's ridiculous. Like why? They're so stupid. Uh, I'm so excited. The I'm thing so excited. they they also mentioned on the the Steve Dangle podcast was like, and I agree with this. Like buying out Parisi, like that I think kind of makes sense. If you have to buy out one of them. I'd buy a yeah, Parise. You're think, picking Parise. 100%. I think Suter is still, yeah. to me, he's he's just as good as he was. Suter's still good. Like, I think he still has something. And their thought was like, I don't know, Suter kind of comes off like an asshole, I guess, sometimes. <laughs> and um, I mean, no wrong. Yeah. Their, their theory was like, maybe Bill Guerin approached Ryan Suter and was like, hey, um, so we're going to make some moves. So can you waive your no move or your no trade? And then we can, you know, ship you off somewhere. And he was like, nope. Like, nope. <laughs> uh, okay. And then they would like ask him like, hey, so about that no trade, like, can we, can you waive that? Can you give us some team? Nope. Like, I'm not, I'm not doing it. <laughs> and then they're just like, all right, screw it. I guess we got to buy you out. <laughs> because they might, I don't know. I think they, yeah. <laughs> I think they, they question like, if what the leadership group is in that dressing room, like are Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter like the right guys to be running a team with like these younger guys like Dumba and Eric Snack and now Kaprizov. Like Fiala. Yeah, and Fiala. Like are Parisi and Suter like I don't know, had they like kind of checked out in terms of their like drive to win or are they just like there for the paycheck type of thing i mean i'd be there for the paycheck you would <laughs> and given I mean, the fact okay. that he hung you up even on have to, him, necessarily to me play hard. says that there's something there yeah it... it's <laughs> this i don't even know what to say have fun with that 14 million yeah, have fun with dead that. cap and then Bill Guerin in 2020, what is it, 2023 and 2024, he's like, oh, yeah, well, it's going to be hard to sign players. <laughs> let's just see if, let's just see if he's the GM in 2023 and 2024 oh, at that point. Oh, that'd be sick. his first also. year, too. Yeah, he'll pull up Peter Shirelli and just be like, peace. Yeah. This is not my problem anymore. <laughs> yeah, leave it here, to the next Here, I'll sign, Co- I'll, I'll sign Koskinen in for- <laughs> Three and a half or four million dollars for three seasons, oh, and then geez. peace it's like, out. Ah, no, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, who proved you. that? I feel like if you're the GM and you're like, you like go to somebody else and you're like, hey, so uh, we're gonna sign this guy to this contract, and they're like, yeah, okay, sounds good. He's just well, like, I assume you're gonna go to the president, right? I assume you go to the president and the Probably. owner, and you're like, hey, so we're gonna give Miko, a, you know. a four-year extension for four and a half mil like they're probably like mm, no you're not like oh he's well. like well i'm doing it anyways so. he, he already signed it so too bad it's already done <laughs> it's right here it's already in ink 
Like, like Bill Garrett. Why do you why why do you think the Canucks brought in the Sedin sisters to be the whatever they are special advisors? So Jim Benning doesn't make another six by six to a thirty year old one time thirty goal scorer. Well, I think it's because they already screwed up with the Trevor Linden time, so they kind of want to make up for that part oh of him God. being president. So they want to Idiots. start they want to start the Sedins lower on the totem pole. So like. Because like what they did with Lyndon, right, was they put him at the president. They already put him all all the way at the top, right, and then yeah, he just got chastised by Benning and the rest of the uh, yeah the Acolinis, yeah heads. So I mean, with that one, it's a good. I think it's good for the Sedins to start there and make their way up to like uh, easily. Yeah. Oh, you know what we got. You know what we didn't talk about yet is Pierre Maguire being. <laughs> Oh Getting my a job. god! <laughs> I totally forgot he's, about that. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, he's like the what is he? The player development coach or something? Uh he's the VP of player development. He's oh. the uh, he's the he's going to be the GM as soon as Peter oh yeah, Marian is fired. So did you? I again on the the Steve Dangle podcast. They read the uh, what Pierre Dorian Pierre Dorian's uh, quote was of um, <laughs> about Pierre. The other fear. And I don't think he realizes that they hired McGuire to take his job because I think his contract ends as the GM next year or in or this upcoming year or in like 18 months or something like that. So, and you know, uh, what's the, what's the president's name or the owner's name? Oh, um, yeah. 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 That guy. We all know who he is. We just cannot. I, I totally blocked that guy out of my mind as an owner. Melnick. Eugene. Melnick. Oh, my God. Him and Pierre are tight. And he's like, oh, we're so happy to have McGuire on this team. <laughs> you just hired him to be your GM. And I can't wait to watch the Senators. All that all that they have accomplished over the last year with, with Dorian. It's just going to be thrown away. You'd think so easily. Pierre Maguire would be good because, like, he knows everything about everybody. So, like, he should be good at this. That's what he. That's what everybody thinks he does. Like, that's what we know that we think he knows. But he doesn't know anything. Be, like, he's been with NBC for like twenty years. He hasn't taken a job because he's like, oh, I want to get my NBC money. And then now that the NBC the it doesn't have it anymore, they're gonna be in the boardroom. They're gonna be like, going he's gonna to be like, that's a double like, Dion. And then it's like, <laughs> oh, what do you think of uh <laughs> They're, they're going to be like, hey, Pierre, Pierre Maguire, not Dorian. Um, what do you think of, uh, you know, Jim Smith? What do you think of him? Oh, well, he went to, uh, you know, he went to grade school. In, uh, I don't care Kentucky about his grade at, school. Uh, he did really good in art class. and he, uh... <laughs> Yeah, he draws like one of those hand turkeys really well. <laughs> did you know that his second cousin to his sister's second cousin is Connor McDavid? <laughs> No way! What about wow, his ability? No, I couldn't tell you a thing. I, I don't know. I, I don't watch. I don't watch the games. No. Sorry, uh, are yeah. we talking about Canadian games? Because I don't watch those. I'm with NBC at this moment. I don't know. I don't know what you're yeah, talking man. about. <laughs> I just feel like he's gonna be like in those meetings too. He's gonna be like really close, like he was to Darren Detition on TSN that one trade center. <laughs> he's just gonna be like, oh, hey, hey, Pierre, and he's gonna be like right up on top of you, just like, yeah. I know a defenseman <laughs> with a big stick. Oh. oh. We'll bring out Dion Phaneuf so I can say my famous catchphrase from the World oh, Juniors. Even Dion said he doesn't like the name. 
I remember in the interview, he's like, yeah, I've heard the name before. I'm not, I'm not really a big fan of it, but, you know, for the call, it was a good call. Yeah. Yeah, right. no duh. And I I, apparently he like... yells monster a lot, too. He's like, he's a monster. <laughs> he's monster of the game. Yeah. <laughs> he's he going to be at the that. office. He's going to be at the office, and he's going to be like, hey, Pierre, can you uh, go grab that thing from the photo- photocopier? Oh, I can. <laughs> because uh, you printed it off the computer. Mr. Planters is going to be great. He says, that, he says that about like Tyler Myers all the time, both for his size and apparently his play. He's like, oh, yeah, Tyler Myers. He's a monster, monster, both physically and, you know, just with his play. You know, it doesn't matter that he gets suspended once a year and then he says it was a clean hit. He's just a monster, you know, monster. Like, we, okay, like we've, heard, we've, we've heard in the past when he was the head coach of the, the Whalers, right? that season he was probably one of the worst coaches in nhl history that year so why would he why would you give him more power i mean yes he's yep. but why hasn't he taken another job like in another organization before i don't know if he's been offered one i know he's been oh, well he's always in the talks so why yeah, is he not being offered it so like are they just saying like his name just to like bullshit or are they just like oh like we're just gonna talk to Pierre for no reason like just so we we might have like an insider who works for NBC at that moment and then <laughs> like just talks about the players that they might want to sign is that why they keep bringing his name up in like GM conversations just so he's he's there like, I, don't I don't understand know about that. GM but I think he could I think he like legitimately could be a pretty good scout oh yeah just based on his NBC broadcast like he knows like he freaking knows everything about every single player. Yeah, it's always about where they went to school, like you were saying, like grade school and then <laughs> yeah. elementary school and then what, what they eat for lunch and <laughs> shit like that. It's, it's ridiculous. Did you, did, you, did you know that Sidney Crosby has a peanut butter and jelly sandwich at the exact same time before every single game? Uh, yeah, Pierre, everybody knows that one. Oh, yeah. okay. He was on Spitting Chicklets. Um, he told us that. Oh, my bad. Um, uh, um, I don't know what else to say then. Um, <laughs> he's got some really big thighs. Everybody know that one? Yeah, Pierre. We all know he's got big ass thunder thighs, and he's a great skater. Oh, you think I he's gonna forget to go to the box? Skater. Do you, th- do you think that he's gonna forget to go like to like the the yeah, like upper bowl? Like he's just gonna end up he's going down between the, the benches. He's gonna be like, <laughs> he's, he's gonna, gonna be like telling benches. his players like, hey. You have to go like around. Like you're not the coach, Pierre. Yeah, but I know like you have to like circle like circle the puck. Like <laughs> you have to put the puck in their net. <laughs> well, it's gonna uh, be yeah, fantastic. Pierre. That's kind of that's kind of the objective of hockey. Put the puck in their net. Oh. I can just see him like talking to like Tim Stutzla and and like Brady, and then being like, "Who <laughs> who are you? Like I don't <laughs> like Aren't I never you grew to be up with up you in like, the press box." Yeah, like. I don't even know who you really are. And speaking of Brady Kachuk, I think he's going to sign a three-year extension soon. It hasn't been official yet, but they're in talks to, for him to sign a three-year extension with the Sens, yeah, which is good. Well, he likely. used to work for the Senators. I didn't know that. Yeah, because him and Melnick are like this, man. They're like tight. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're tight as hell. Yeah, you know, two psychos. Of all the <laughs> yeah. teams to hire him, like it doesn't surprise me that it's the team run by Eugene Meldix. That's no. Like, Who else would take Pierre a chance McGuire. on him like like that? Seriously. I want to switch gears a little bit here, though. Um, I want to talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning and who they might have to get rid of and 
Well, sorry, not who they might have to get rid of, who they will have to get rid of to be under the yeah, cap. They're, they're screwed. <laughs> they're they're going to lose a lot of good guys. Yeah. So like they're, that whole third line that they talked about so much in the playoffs yeah, is basically their gone. Third, their third line was arguably their best line throughout the entire playoffs, especially during the cup final. Like oh, that line was just that, here. Let me quote Pierre. That line was monstrous. <laughs> <laughs> that, like, no, seriously, that yeah, line no, was so that, damn that, good. Yeah, that line. Um, that was the first time in the entire playoffs that Philip Deneau didn't know what to do. Yeah, he had no idea. He was like, "Oh, I don't, I don't know what to do other than eat pizza after." Dinner. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> so, that was so that was uh, so dumb. It's like, oh, cool. So he just gets to eat pizza, but only after they win a series. Yeah, so any other time, not. he doesn't get to eat pizza. Because then he gets too fat and you wouldn't be able to play. Oh, yeah, because, you know, he's really racking up the points, but I know that's not what he's he's paid for. <laughs> yeah. He's paid to win face-offs. He gave one. He's paid to win face-offs and make sure the other center doesn't absolutely torch them. Yeah. That's what he did to... Matthews for the whole series. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, well, I guess we'll start on that third line with uh, Barkley Goudreau, uh, UFA. Blake Coleman's a UFA. Um, who's else? Um, I'm trying to think who else was on that line. Alex Kalorn. He signed for another two years and then at four point four. Um, he's also thirty one, which I think they try and move Kalorn. Yeah. He has a no trade. He has a no trade right now, but yeah, they got to modify no trade. Well, they're probably asking to move it. Yeah, I mean, you got Sorelli, who's excuse me, signed for four point eight for the next two years as well. Tyler Johnson signed three more years at five. You know how much they like Tyler Johnson, who actually played really well in the last two rounds of the playoffs, like really, really well. Um, but he's Andre got a modified, modified no trade now, so I think he, any player I think that has an opening to be moved, I think they'll explore that. Same with Palat. Oh man, Palat! I think Palat on anybody's team be perfect. I think he'd be they, pr- probably pretty good with uh, Vancouver. If you're asking me. Like he's if you look at expansion, place. I see them going with the like eight skater model. Protecting Kucherov, Stamkos, Point, and probably Sorelli. And then on defense, protecting Hedman, Sergachev, um, McDonough. McDonough and Cernak. Yeah, because uh, expose... so, yeah. Savard's a UFA. Uh, Jan Ruta yeah. is signed for 1.3. You got Cernak as well. And then that would expose, um, like, Andre Palat, um, Tyler Johnson, Alex Kalorn. Um, Yanni Gord. Yanni Gord. Yeah, Gord. Pat Maroon. Oh, yeah, three-time Stanley Cup champion. <laughs> He's the new. But, oh, yeah, Ben, you, you want to bring up that you think that they shouldn't protect Stamkos? Sure. Because you're nuts. Sure. You're nuts. You're absolutely sure. nuts. Who are you saving over Stamkos other than Kucherov, Point? And like uh, Sorelli. Okay, so if we're doing 
what what is the way that we're doing? Are we doing like the four, the four, four, and four? four, four and four? So so the three are Kucherov, Point, and Sorelli that they're saving. So who are you saving other than Stamkos? You can save Palat, who's only under contract for one more year. Mm. Or are you gonna save Tyler Johnson, who's got a six, who's got a five million dollar contract for the? Why well, save Gord? Seasons. He signed for four years over over Stamkos. I'm just saying when it comes to Stamkos. He, you look at his like his points, and over the last like few seasons, and we know how hurt like injury prone he is, and he gets like serious injury injuries too. They're not like these little small ones that keeps him out for like a week or two. This is like months and months, majority of the time. Like he broke his leg out for a long time. He played what one? He played two minutes and forty seven seconds in the playoffs last year and scored a goal. Yeah, he got a goal. That's all that matters. Yeah. Two minutes and 47 seconds for an eight and a half. They won the yeah, cup. Not due to him. They scored that goal. They did not goal. win the game based on his goal. <laughs> but imagine that. Like yeah, I know. Overtime and he plays for like two and a half minutes. He scores the cup winning goal. Then you'd be like, oh, maybe, maybe what, keep what him. What I'm there. saying maybe. is, yeah, any, any team would love to have Stampos. Because he's perfect on the power play for any team. That's why I'm saying that if they wanted to expose Stamkos, literally whatever, like if they wanted to expose him, Seattle's going to take him definitely. Eight and a half. Like that's better than what we were talking about earlier about Duchesne. Like if he ended up being exposed, I know it's the captain. That's what I get. That's why I think you guys are stuck on is the fact that the, uh, is the captain part. And like he's what he means to the team. I think it's more than the cat. Like, He's the captain, but he's like literally the heart and soul of this team. And he's led them to now back-to-back cups and like, what, three or four cup finals, conference finals. And I think for after these two runs to just leave him and kind of be like, okay, thanks. Like, we got what we needed. Like, now, I think that's an absolute, like, I think that's a kick in the balls to Stamkos and the rest of the team. Like I think that's a kicking the balls to somebody like Point or Kucherov because it's like, well, well, frig. Like, if we win again, and then they're in a bind again, like, is it going to be me that's gone? And I think that's just, I don't know. I think that's, I think it's more than just. Like I understand, he's paid a lot, and maybe he's, like, paid, he's paid a lot to play on the power play. Yeah, but and I how think... many? But how how many power plays do you get a game that like he literally just goes out for the power play? If you want to pay, if he was able to have a shorter and like smaller contract, like getting paid less, that's I'd be perfectly like okay with that. But that's I not going to happen. I think you have to. I know, but I don't think you can. Like, I think you have to take contracts like this where it's like, yeah, we're paying you. We're paying you maybe more. Like, I don't think Stamkos is overpaid to be honest. I think he. Maybe by like half a million or a million, but like, I don't know. Like, I don't think you can, you can just leave him exposed because I think that just. And and when I say exposed too, I also mean possibly being traded. That's the thing that I was gonna talk about was what what would the asking price be for Stamkos? Because like he's thirty-one, injury-prone, making eight and a half million for three years. What's going to be the asking price for him? See, see, all I had to do is change the word from exposed to trade, and then it all no, goes. I'm still. Oh, whoa! It maybe. doesn't no, change my opinion. That's what. I'm no, still, that's what. I'm still completely like, no. You hold on to him until, 
Like, especially because the team is still good. They're still a contending team. Like, if... if Even though they're not going to have a third and fourth Yeah, they're going to have two lines. This. No, but they have the best goalie yeah. in the world, and they have, like, maybe the second best player in the world. They have the... Whoa. Oh, yeah, Kutra, fair yeah. enough. And Braden Point is probably top ten, so... Like, I think if they were going into this expansion draft, and it was like... And if Stamkos was like... 36 and he was near the end of his contract and it was kind of like I could see it kind of being like the flurry situation but I think Stamkos still has a lot in the tank that it's still too early for that sort of situation to come up for him well the the thing that interests me about like because, like, obviously, I don't think Tampa will realistically not protect Stamkos. I think if they did that, they would be showing a lot of true colors in their um, in their front office and what they think of their players. Um, but, like, with a trade, like, who's going to... Like, obviously, teams want Stamkos, but he... Like Ben said, he's injury-prone. He's got a $8.5 million contract for the next three years. He's a power play guy, but he's also not just a power play guy, Ben. Mm. I think that's what but I'm like, trying to get. Like more, he more, more of his just... points more of his points this past season was all on the power play than rather than five on five. Yeah, but I think he brings a lot more than just those points. But again, if you want to keep a guy that's literally there for uh team support. You do not pay him eight and a half million to be there for team support. Well, then well, it's not like they can restructure the contract to make it two million dollars. Well, then you only have one other That's option. Not... No, you have two options. You... Well, you technically have three. You can either leave him exposed for Seattle and and lose him for nothing. You can trade him and get something back. But I don't know what team's going to want Stamkos if he's if he's not healthy and that eight and a half million for three years. Like, what team can take on that contract right now with the with the way the with the way the flat cap is right now, Minnesota. Maybe, maybe yeah, Minnesota with their ten point. Hey, you don't want if they can't dollars. get if they can't get Eichel, if they could possibly manage to get Stamkos. There you go. Probably be cheaper for Stamkos than it would be for Eichel. Like Ben, would Pittsburgh do the same thing oh, with, with Crosby? Like, hey, they well, no, they do the oh, same thing oh, with Evgeny no. Malkin though. They would do it yeah. with Malkin, I believe. I think, but I think that's, so. Not Crosby. No, because Crosby's the captain. He's the heart and soul of that team. He's but the, he wouldn't leave either. I can't see Stamkos. Uh, okay. I I can't see it either, but I can only see it via trade or him. It's out of his hands. That's what I'm getting at. I guess with the with the Crosby comparison, I think that's a little bit of a stretch because Crosby is still like an elite elite level player. Like he is still considered. Um, a top six, seven ish player, but do you consider Stamkos like even top fifteen anymore? I, I I don't know about that, but I do understand kind of where Dylan's coming from with the Crosby one because he's also had a lot of injuries that he sustained over his career. And... Yeah, yeah, but he's he's at least been healthy somewhat for the last couple seasons. Like it's not like Malkin who's been out. Yeah, like, didn't Malkin miss like over half the season last year? Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, like Malkin's. At least recently, Malkin's been more injury prone than Crosby. Like Crosby had his concussion problems like all of the middle of the twenty or the was it the beginning of the twenty tens? Uh, it was 
the Winter Classic, yeah. and it was like twenty, like twenty twelve, uh, yeah, twenty thirteen, yeah, twenty twelve. Yeah, begin, yeah, beginning of the beginning of the twenty tens, and then all of a sudden they win two cups in a row with Phil the Throw, Hot Dog, Kessel, back to back Stanley Cup champ. You should have won the Conn Smythe that year. Yeah. <laughs> you should have won the Conn Smythe one of those years. <laughs> Took a team on his just back. As a, just as a joke, just like oh yeah, you scored like one goal and you were a even a plus minus in the playoffs. We give you Conn Smythe just because of your name. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, like the, I definitely see where Dylan's coming from with like, oh yeah, Crosby's heart and soul's team. Like the Penguins would never give up on him. Same with the Lightning. I really don't think the Lightning will give up on Stamkos with this expansion draft or trade him. I think they're going to save him along with Kucherov, Point, and like Sorelli or some or another fourth guy. But they're going to save those top three guys in Kucherov, Stamkos, and Point. But like. If they did that, if they didn't protect Stamkos or they traded him, that would rub a lot of the Tampa Bay players the wrong way. I feel like, especially with like the big name guys, Kucherov, uh, Point, even like Hedman and and like Sergachev and Vasilevsky, like that would I think that would that would uh, cause some ripples throughout the franchise. I think it would, like, as a free agent, I think I would be a little bit more skeptical to sign in Tampa as well. Oh, for sure. Like another example that I'll use like would be like Chicago. They signed Keith or sorry, they signed um Taze and Kane to the ten million or ten and a half million dollar contracts. But I think they signed both of those contracts after they had won the third cup. Oh, yeah. God, that's terrible. Knowing pretty much knowing like, yeah, we're probably not gonna like we might win one more, but it's like you know, like the glory days are kind of behind us now. And I think there's something for a player to be rewarded in that like stability after they've accomplished the success. Like, so if we use Stamkos, like Stamkos is getting paid eight and a half million. Maybe he's overpaid um, for the next few years until he signs another contract. Um, if he's still playing. If he's still playing, whatever the circumstances are. But he's done it. Like they've did it. They won the two cups. So now it's like, screw it like whatever cap implications we run into or problems we run into that's fine it's worth it because we won the two cups and like we'll suck it up for a few years and kind of hold this core together because you guys did it you won it for us yeah i what, I, what i'm thinking about is just literally the the future of tampa bay and the fact that yeah we know that like they've even said like the coach John Cooper and the players have also said, like, oh, yeah, the team, this is the last time this team's going to be together. Yeah. Well, yeah. Obviously, um, their third line's all going to be gone. No, no, but I'm just saying, like, if they're able to keep some of them, which they will, they'll be able to keep a couple. It just won't be their, um, you know, the main guys that kind of got them towards that Stanley Cup. Um, like, like the depth guys. Um, but yeah, it, I'm just trying to think of other examples of other like teams that lose their heart and soul. Like before all the Jack Eichel talk, like before he wanted to leave and the Buffalo Sabres obviously just being bad. Like he's the heart and soul of the Buffalo Sabres. He's the captain. He got drafted by them. Exactly. Same with Stamkos got drafted by the Tampa. Like that's, that's how it started. Yeah. Different careers. In length, for sure. 
But, you know, like if, if when Jack Eichel leaves, Buffalo fans are still going to be, you know, pissed off because then nobody wants to sign there anyways. Yeah. Because one, yeah, they're well, a bad team. Like it's a different circumstance. And though, two, Buffalo hasn't won. That's. Yeah, but I'm, but I'm yeah, thinking of, like, now, now Tampa's not going to win, I don't think, for a pretty long time. You don't think they're going to even, do you think they're going to be, like, still playoffs? Yeah, yeah, I think they're going to be playoffs, but I just don't think, like, but you, I don't think they can go up against the Islanders the next year. But I think, that's part of, I think that's part of the build cycle, is you build up your team, you reward these, your, your top players with these contracts that are probably too long and too big. You win. And then you kind of wait out, you kind of burn out these contracts, knowing that they're crap. And then you, you start it all over again. Like, I, I don't think it's possible to continuously have a cycle of like up and coming young players. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think you can, you can keep doing that because like at some point you have to commit to, to players and a core and just like leave it at that and just kind of ride it out and wait for the next wave to come through. And like, that's what Tampa did, right? They had St. Louis, they had Le Cavalier, they had Richards and Boyle. Russell and Fedotenko. Yeah, Fedotenko, they had these guys. You know what I mean? They signed them. Eventually Richards was left. Eventually um, St. Louis was traded and Le Cavalier was, was gone. And then they started with the new core of Stamkos and Kucherov and et cetera, et cetera. And I think in a few years, like I'm going to say like three to five years, Stamkos is maybe retired. Maybe he's on some sort of like really, really cheap contract where it's not really. Or he's chasing another cup. Yeah, or he's gone. He's chasing another cup somewhere else. And then Tampa can, can start up the, like start up the system. The process again. again. Yeah. I mean, well, I like what I was saying though is that I don't think like now you're saying three to five years. I just exactly. I think that's closer to what the projected team should look like now for the next like Tampa Bay possible cup is that amount of time span because like yeah they they're eighteen million dollars over the cap blah 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 like before all the LTIR shit and Kucherov being on LTIR for the entire regular season. <laughs> and all that crap so i just i just don't think they'd be able to to make it past maybe the islanders or whomever they meet but now they won't be playing the islanders most likely they'll be playing like since it will go back to the the normal atlantic division they won't have to play the islanders for a bit they have to come up against boston or toronto or somebody but I right? think they're so okay it's, with that i think they know because they've won the two cups oh yeah it's like freaking easy whatever we'll just Walk right over the like, – there's no way the Toronto Maple Leafs could have beat that Tampa Bay team ever. Are you kidding ever, me? Ever. Are you, are you nuts? nuts. Like, what? they are the, the 10 times better. The Maple Leafs have no chance. No, I'm not talking that the Maple Leafs are better than them. I said okay, the Lightning are way better than the Leafs. Open yeah, the your ears. Are way better than anybody. The last year's light Tampa Bay team was better than yeah. any team that was. I know in the that's why they won the second any cup in a row. But that's that's how it is. And it wasn't. It, it, I just found it so crazy that it wasn't even up until <laughs> like the like the cup final. It was like their top guys. It was Kucherov putting up a bunch of points. Po- a point going on like that 
eight game was it eight or nine games he scored a goal in in uh, consecutive games. I think it was like nine. eight. Nine games. Was it nine? Did he get? Uh, he did get to nine. Yeah, he got yeah, nine. And then Vas- yeah, and then Vasilevsky playing out of his mind. At least not in the Florida series. They got lit up in some games. But then all of a sudden, the Cup final. Their third line is arguably their best line with uh, Gord, uh, Goudreau, and uh, who's the other guy? It was Kalorn, I think, at one point. Yeah. No. No, not Kalorn. Kalorn was with Stamkos. Palat. Gord. No, Palat's with Kucherov and Point. Uh. Uh. Oh yeah, Coleman. Ah. Blake Coleman. Yeah, that line. Oh. That line was literally their best line throughout the entire Cup final, and now they're probably going to lose all three of those guys. So they're definitely losing two, probably Goudreau and uh, Coleman to free agency, and then Gord, if they don't save him, might go to the um, Kraken unless they cut a deal. Yeah, which I don't think they would be able to. Probably not. Yeah, what I was saying is that the Leafs were never going to beat that team. That's what I said. <laughs> Hell no. That's literally what I said. And I'm like, there is like, because I don't even know how Montreal got there. That's what I'm getting at when I say that. Because I don't know how Montreal just beat Vegas. That was the series I don't even know how they won. Montreal beat Vegas because Vegas is is garbage. I don't care. No, what take you take your personal Mark, opinion Mark of Vegas Stone. out of it because you know they've been in the league five Mark, years and they've done more than the Mark Canucks have done Stone in the last ten. Was Mark Stone was irrelevant in that series with Montreal. He was irrelevant. He had no nothing. Their top two lines didn't score a goal until game six. Yeah, but we can say that like the that... same thing about the other two series that Montreal played in with shutting down their top center or just the top center not being in the line or one well, of the top centers. Well, Winnipeg didn't even have their top center because he got freaking suspended for five or four or five games four 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 games yeah because he's an idiot and he's oh i was going for the puck no you weren't you freaking blindsided him when he's going around the net to wrap it around and you're just pissed off because you probably missed your defensive coverage um and then you lost Tavares to a freak injury that oh my i still remember seeing that that was the injury i've ever seen deno only had to shut down one one center it was Matthews, yeah, and then, and then Shifley did it to he... himself, and then they shut down Mark Stone and that top line. Patrick yeah, was the only one on that sudden, line that actually did something. Yeah, then all of a sudden he goes, they go play Tampa, and then he's like, okay, yeah, I'm just going to shut down Kutra Point and uh, with that, and then that's it. And I then know. all of a sudden... The third line. Uh, nope, you, you got to deal with Gord, uh, Goudreau, and Coleman, and then he's like, oh, shit, I'm done. But I, the thing I'm is, too, is Dino is only one person. He can't play every single line, so... Exactly. He can't be out there every shift against all three lines for Tampa and then whoever their second... Who's their, who's their second line center? Uh, Toffoli or Caulfield? Um, yeah. No, Nick Suzuki is the top one. Suzuki, then... yeah. He Can he really cover point? I don't think so. Not right now, at least. Suzuki's a fantastic player. Oh, he's a great player. Did you hear what he said to John Cooper in the line when Cooper's like, oh, yeah, you got a bright future? He's like, I know. <laughs> like, what? What a cocky little asshole. Wow. <laughs> he literally was just like, oh, yeah, I know. And I, I, oh, what, I'm, okay. what I like, I watched that too. And like, the first one's Cole Caulfield. And it's like, oh, you got a bright future, kid. And he's like, oh, thanks. And he's like, oh, congratulations. congratulations and I'm like, coach. 
you played 10 games this year in the you played not even 10 <laughs> games in the regular season you played like a total of 20 games and he's I get it. You're that close to getting a Stanley Cup. You were almost one of the luckiest freaking people that just showed up on the team and almost won a Stanley <laughs> Cup. Good job. Because all those guys on Montreal worked towards it. You just went, okay, well, I went to Wisconsin, and then I just I won the Hobie Baker <laughs> and showed up on the team and then scored four goals throughout the entirety of the playoffs. Like this kid, hey, but he's, first... he's, he's very good. I'm not saying Cole Caulfield's not a great player and he won't be a good player. But you gotta like deal down on the hype his, here a little bit. Like his first two goals were in overtime. Yeah, like, his oh, nickname's wow, three on three. Goal Caulfield. Oh, <laughs> terrible, <laughs> terrible nickname. That's so stupid. It's so unoriginal. I'm gonna start calling like Kucherov Nikita Unreal Kucherov because. What? <laughs> you not see any of the interviews and stuff like that? Oh man, he's fan. Unreal, Unreal, man, Unreal. Just. That's the only word he knows in English. Did you see? <laughs> Unreal. Yeah, yeah. They had T-shirts made. On oh, the, they're like, fantastic T-shirts. Like when they're on the boats and stuff, and Those it's like amazing. eighteen million over the cap. <laughs> <laughs> Number one bullshit. <laughs> My favorite part yeah, of the entire uh, you know, celebration is. Uh, Vasilevsky putting the con Smythe on his head and then just like oh my god he wore like a hat <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, now, now, uh, and now Kucherov is sponsored by Bud Light that's same hilarious. with Vasilevsky uh, signed as well yeah Vasilevsky yeah <laughs> that's that's oh god those are good times <sighs> oh, I'm, I'm happy that Tampa won I I don't know what uh, Montreal I don't know what Montreal I don't know what I would have done they would have tried to outdo the Vancouver Riots, and Vancouver didn't even win the cup. Did you see? I think it came out maybe two two days after the uh, after they won, or maybe a day after. They're like, "Oh, well, we still want to give Montreal a parade." What? Because like how how they did in the playoffs, like there was like such an accomplishment. I'm like, are you guys mental? Freaking joke! You want to give these just, people a chance to celebrate losing? That's just the French part of them coming out. They 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 feel bad. No, it's because they're Canadian. I'm like, oh, we need the Canadian team to be like, wow. Like, do you want to know why Canadian teams aren't good? It's because one, they sign 37 year old assistant coach defenseman. They sign Pierre Maguire <laughs> to being a part of your team, who's he hasn't been on a team in no. any sort of way since the Hartford Whalers were still a team. No, the reason Canadian teams yeah. aren't good is because nobody wants to play for Canadian teams because of stuff like this. Yeah, because no <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm trying to <laughs> yeah. explain is that they, they sign these stupid things. They do these stupid things. No, it's because of the media. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, that too. And it's because of people like us. Cause we're, <laughs> yeah, wanna... exactly. <laughs> no, it's because... They, we're they damn either... teams to win. That's all we want. They either overhype guys or they just absolutely shit on guys. Like, there's no in-between. Like, with Toronto, if Matthews scores, like, six goals in three games, they're like, oh, Matthews is the best player in the world. And all of a sudden, he doesn't score for two games. It's like, Matthews sucks. We should have picked line A. Like, are you no, kidding no, me? God, no, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's some ridiculous well, yeah, the, the things compa- it's, like it's that the people. that's said. It's almost like a soccer or like a football mentality where if oh, your God. team doesn't win, like, we'll just take like because of the Euros, like recently with like England, like as the nation. Oh, oh my goodness! So it, it's on. It's almost up to that penalty. It's almost up to that level of like craziness. 
Yeah. Like fan craziness that Cuz like what else do we have to cheer for? Like the CFL isn't as big as the NFL, so we don't really get we don't really care about We it. have one Canadian so we have one Canadian baseball team and one Canadian NBA team. Basketball like, team. And then when when Toronto won the NBA finals in 2019, like everyone lost their minds for the parade and all that. Yeah. That was like the biggest parade of like modern sports. When the Jays went to the ALCS twice. Yeah, and then they lost to hey. the same team, didn't they? Mm. Did they lose the same team? Or no, 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 no. It was the Kansas Royals City and, and Cleveland. Yeah. And the Indians. Yeah, freaking. Oh, Ryan no, no. Miller. Just no, they lost to that, that kid in the fan in yeah. like the stadium that here. said his glove is right here. <laughs> so. Dumbass. Every once in a while, I go back and I rewatch the seventh inning from oh. the uh, ALDS. You had to watch Elvis Andrews the, the, absolutely. The, the, the... Shit his pants. Yeah, and it's like, oh, another <laughs> error. Oh. He made three errors in that <laughs> inning. Oh, unbelievable. All right, Matt. I, yeah, then. Uh, baseball. I, I mean, that's all we're really going to watch right after this expansion draft and free agent frenzy and stuff, yeah. right? So. See, if, see if the Blue Jays are smart and actually pick up some goddamn pitching. <laughs> yeah. Don't even get me started on the Blue Jays. Uh, that's <laughs> that's okay, but that's not what we're here to talk oh, about, so it's okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Dude. How about that pitcher who's got, like, like, 35 home runs, though? Oh, Shohei Otani? Showtime? <laughs> like, that's Shohei, crazy. Yeah, 30, 33 home runs, and I don't, like, I get, like, with the All-Star game that just happened, like, I get why they made him the starter for the for pitching as well as the leadoff guy, but like he did not deserve to be the starter. There were so many pitchers better than him. There was at least two guys I would have picked better than um, Shohei to start the all-star game, but I get it. The narrative like, Oh, he's the first player since Babe Ruth to like actually pitch and hit and do well. Like there's been other guys to pitch and hit and like do somewhat. Okay. But never to this level. Like he's leading the league in home runs. Like that's ridiculous. He's got 33 home runs. Ridiculous. Yeah. He's a freak. But did, he, but did he win MVP? No. He did no, not. No, he did. did. Yeah, baby. Woo. He Buddy. got a home run. He, he got a 459 he got a, feet. He got a, it was 468, sir. Oh, I thought it was. I, they, I saw 459. It was, it was 468. It was the longest home run in All Star Game history, I think. Yeah. Like in the actual game, not home run yeah. derby. Home run no, derby. I think they it was last 520 night. or something like that. It was, it was 520 last night. It was uh, night, Juan, like the, Juan Soto. Uh, yeah, it was Soto. And freaking big bear Pete Alonso. He <laughs> cares so much about the home run derby. Do you know he makes the home run derby winner gets a million dollars for winning? I mean, I, did, I didn't know that, but like to win a million dollars when you're like making almost close to like hundreds of millions of dollars like some of these players it's really nothing yeah, well, a guy a like Pilonzo, he's still on a rookie yeah he's he's still on Pilonzo's still on a rookie contract he's still in arbitration yeah so he's not making like a hundred million dollars like like bryce harper or mookie Betts or some yeah. like these high level players oh yeah i also wanted to bring up since um our last podcast was in june uh happy you know one million dollars or whatever, one point five million dollars oh, to Bobby Vanilla, <laughs> and uh, and and Rick DiPietro. Happy Bobby Vanilla Day. Oh, <laughs> We're just like I kept seeing that pop up again. I was like, oh, it must be July. That's great. <laughs> so, um, oh, it's fantastic. I guess before fantastic. we wrap up, I know it's not a baseball podcast, but I'll mention it just because I saw. I didn't read the article, but I think it was a headline I saw, and it was like, is uh, Shohei 
Otani, like, is he the best player in baseball right now? Yes. Yeah, I guess so. Mm. Like, when was the last time? When I, like, like Babe, Babe Ruth. Ruth. Yeah, the last time a, a yeah. pitcher was leading in back in the back in the back in the twenties and thirties, nineteen twenties and thirties. Fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I I think like imagine if uh. Because originally they were going to go to, I think they were going to switch the NL to um, the designated hitters instead of them pitching. Yeah, they yeah they're going to make the universal DH like they did um, in the twenty twenty season, which is the right way to do it, I think. Yeah. And then like you know more of these you know Japanese or more of these other like guys that do like multi multi positions. Yeah. Excuse me, like like pitching and then um, you know like these crazy good baseball players that we'd never see come over would make this game even better. Like it'd make it probably better for people to see. It seems like a creative baseball's player. a boring sport. Like if you're so. playing the show. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, I want him to be six foot four. I want him to be six foot four. I want him to be six foot four. Pitch like an absolute, like pick pitch. Like I can't even compare to another pitcher because he's just completely different. But, um, what Degrom? Yeah, like like a Degrom, throw a, and then throw a hundred miles an hour, <laughs> and then hit like Vladdy, just absolute bombs yeah. from the left side. Well, that's what that's what the that's what the new MLB the Show game is. You're a pitcher and a hitter. Like you can't pick one or the other. You're a pitcher and a hitter. Hmm. I didn't know that. I think I don't I don't know if it was just because of Shohei or because people wanted it, but yeah, like I know like because I've played it a little bit. Um, in when you like actually start your career, you can like be like, "Oh, I only want to be a hitter," or "Oh, I only want to be a pitcher." But like, you start out doing both, and then you can pick down the road if you want to just do one or the other. Yeah. So. Hey, that's 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 cool though. Like, you know, like when you play baseball as a kid too, you always want to like, "Oh, I want to pitch." You're like, okay, but then you still get to hit, right? Like more than likely, when you play like organized baseball, you always got to hit, even though you're pitching. So yeah, like now to see it in like the major leagues where it's not so um, like organized, like like it's not like just like a rule now where it's like, oh, you can't hit while you pitch because we don't want you to get hurt. Now it's more like he just hits, he hits 33 home runs in the first half of the season. And he also, well, I, don't, I don't even know what his pitching record is, but I guarantee it's probably pretty good. So, um, it's unfortunately he plays for the Angels, but <laughs> I think he's four and one with like a three point two ERA and like a one point two WHIP. So it's not horrible. No, but it's, that's it's pretty like, good though. Well, it's not fantastic, but like he he like is, seen guys. He, he only has Trout, right? So. Yeah, he has, well, no, no, no. He's got Anthony Rendon, but Rendon's playing like absolute garbage right now. The Angels are the Edmonton Oilers of baseball. <laughs> no, they're the Maple Leafs. Are you no, I, I no, think they I got think the he two under, best like, players. Yeah. And then they got nothing, and they're trash every year. <laughs> and everybody's like, well, because... oh, it sucks that they're wasting Mike Trout's career and in LA. I was literally just going to bring up, like, oh, you guys got, like, LA's got. Like the McDavid, yeah, and then like I'll say I guess I'll say Shote, like Shote, Shoe is, um, like Drysaddle, yeah. <laughs> so I guess that's a really good comparison. Who would be your Mike Smith then, or who would be your Zach Cassian, the big big brick guy? 
Jeffrey. I don't even know who's Jeez, on it. Jared, Jared Walsh. <laughs> Jared Walsh is the big brick. Yeah. <laughs> Albert Pujols yeah. is I, the Duncan Keith. It's unfortunate that he doesn't play for the team anymore. But Yeah, Pujols is on the Dodgers now. Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah, they, they bought him out. Yeah, they bought him out and then he signed with the Dodgers because he wants a World Series ring. <laughs> he missed it last year. Because he ain't going to get it with freaking the Angels. They ain't, they ain't getting anywhere near the World Series unless they get some pitching as well. They're like Toronto right now. Yeah. They need pitching. And they need, they need Trout healthy too because Trout got injured this year. Like an actual decent injury. Jeez, I think we might have to start a different podcast too. Oh, I know. Yeah, baseball. Yeah, baseball, <laughs> basketball, hockey, F- hockey. Fo- you know, f- football. If you want to, I mean, we can do all. <laughs> Hockey's quite important. Oh, I was actually pretty close. I was actually pretty close. His pitch. He's he's pitched thirteen games. He's four and one, three point five ERA, eighty seven strikeouts in sixty seven innings, and he's got a one point two one WHIP. That's pretty good. So I mean, it's, I think it's that decent. I think that Tampa Bay should sign Ross Colton, the guy who scored the. The, go- the game, <laughs> the game winner in the Stanley the go- Cup Finals. The game winner in yeah. Game Six. Or screw game screw five, everybody yeah. else, and then just sign Ross Colton because nobody even knew who that guy was until he scored. Yeah, well, th- thank God Savard looked up and saw that he was basically open wide open from the net. Yeah. Well, he wasn't wide open, but well, no, he was tied was up, but like covered. You know, whoever the defenseman was on Montreal didn't tie up his stick, and that's why he scored. Probably Sherratt or Edmondson. It's probably Edmondson. He sucks. Uh, Sherratt. I hate Sherratt. I hate that he's from Hamilton. I think that makes it worse. I think that's the the kicker for me. Because he's a big dumb Ooh, idiot. No, but it's no like, oh yeah. But now uh, I heard today, just last thing before. This this will be the last thing before we wrap up here. Um, Shea Weber might not even play next year. Yeah, I saw that because of his injuries. He has like three different injuries. Yeah, neck, back, and ankle. Ankle. No, it's no. I thought it was thumb, ankle, back. Either way, it's a bunch of random spots. Like the neck, the neck is, or the neck or the back is, is obviously really important. Like your back is obviously. Oh God! Kind of important for uh, what is he? Thirty six. Shay. Yeah. Um... Yeah, like 35, 36, mid, mid 30, somewhere in there. So, yeah, like I. If he retires, it'll be, it'll be tough for him enough. to be off the lineup. Then he. Then the, the Predators oh, yeah. get that, like, crazy recapture penalty. Oh, yeah. I think he has the last contract with uh, retention. So, yeah. Keith has one, Weber has one, I think Crosby has one. And then I think there might be one or two others. Let me look up here. All right. Well, the Canucks are probably going to sign Hyman. <laughs> this is. I'm going to be so pissed off. My, I just. This is. He's going to sign to the Louis Erickson contract. Uh, I mean, six by six isn't seven by seven, so I mean that wouldn't be horrible. But yeah now that i know he's 29 i didn't know he's 29 before you told me today i'm like holy crap i thought he was like 27 years old i don't want him anymore yeah him and edler would have a great relationship no thank you he's like but uh, there's a reporter for the canucks thomas drance he's pretty reliable with sources and all that 
he says, this is not an exploratory feeler situation. This is an actual thing for <laughs> oh, the Hyman wow. situation. Whenever that comes up, I'm like, oh, God, this is Louis Erickson 2.0, because I heard the exact same thing before <laughs> Erickson was signed. Oh, this, is a, this isn't just a feeler out situation to, f- to see what kind of contract he wants. Like, we actually want him. Like, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I think... <laughs> I always like when we end on the Canucks. I feel like we the last two we've ended on the Canucks both times. I think that's always do. a good spot to end before we say anything ridiculous about Jim Benning. And but I'm really excited to see what's going to be this week, like this whole GM week that's going to happen. I think we should possibly do well, another one uh, before uh, or kind of like in the middle of yeah. Well, look, this is this is the thing that absolutely scares me and intrigues me. This is another report from another reliable source from Vancouver Satire Shaw, whatever. I don't know how to say his name. Um, the Canucks have been active talking to other teams and are open to different scenarios, but next couple of days could be interesting as long as, as, or as they look to improve the expansion protection list and reshape the roster. I don't like the sound of that, but I also <laughs> love the sound of that. Yeah, it's 50-50. Like, yeah, trade Schmidt for somebody younger and better. That would be perfect. But apparently he doesn't want out of Vancouver, according to Jim Benning. So yeah. we'll, we'll see about that one. Ridiculous. All right. I think we should wrap it up there. Um, yeah. Uh, so, Wes, we, we talk about the Leafs and the Yeah, we talked about basically everything I think we for, wanted to talk about. We talk about those two teams for like an hour? No, it's not. not you literally hour. said at the beginning you don't want to bring up the Canucks. So I'm just going to go by what you said. So. <laughs> I say that in a joking way because, like, yeah, I could go off about them for like three hours. Yeah, I leave. I really leave majority of the leaf stuff up to Steve Dangle and sorry Benedict Dangle, <laughs> and <laughs> him betraying the Leafs and becoming a Montreal Canadiens fan for oh, for three rounds. But um, fair, yeah, fair I think I think that's where we should call her today. Um, yeah, if you guys would like to. Like our page um, on Facebook. It's at Dead Puck Podcast. Um, we're on majority, if not all, of the uh, podcasting or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, yeah, we possibly might do another one. I think we should possibly do another one fairly recently, like maybe midway um, during this next week, just to check in on possibly everything that's going to happen um, throughout this crazy GM week that they're calling it um yeah hope you guys enjoyed it um I'm Ben it's Dylan and Nick and uh catch you guys later